0: الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى الصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وأما من خاف مقام ربه ونهى النفس عن الهوى فإن الجنة هي المأوى وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ هَوَاهُ تَبَعًا لِمَا جِئْتُ بِهِ أو كما قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Most suspected students of deen, mothers and sisters, last week we had discussed briefly that one of the greatest challenges that we face and people in general face is the challenge of temptation. This is described in many different ways. Sometimes it is described as temptation. On occasion, it is described as nafs. That the person's nafs is getting the better of him. The nafs is dragging him towards wrong, towards vice. And at sometimes it is some other description. All this is one and the same thing that is being mentioned. The nafs gives in to the temptation. The temptation drags the person... That is the nafs itself. So all this comes to the same thing. And the question is, that how does one overcome these temptations, overcome the promptings of the nafs? Because this becomes the greatest challenge. The person gets tempted, and those temptations are generally towards wrong. When a person is being tempted towards something right, there is no problem with it, obviously. So, the issue is the temptations that take a person towards sin, towards vice, towards wrong, towards the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So, how does a person overcome this? How does a person remain steadfast despite those challenges? So, Inshallah, in the short time, we will touch on this Ilaj and the remedy for the falling into temptations. How to save oneself from this? So, there are a few things that are mentioned in the Quran Sharif that are actually the prescriptions for a person to overcome. The aspect of temptations. But Before getting to that prescription of the Quran Sharif, there is a very important point that we have to bear in mind. The point that we have to bear in mind is that dunya is a place of challenge. There are some people facing challenges of one nature, some of a different nature. Some people's challenges are of a monetary nature, somebody doesn't have any wealth, any money, the person doesn't even have food, can't buy anything to eat. So sometimes there's poverty, there's starvation. So it's a challenge, it's a very big challenge. Some people are challenged with oppression, it's a major challenge person is oppressed in countries of the world where Muslims are being oppressed, it's a very serious situation they are put through major difficulties, great hardships sometimes people's land is confiscated their homes are destroyed they are people thrown into prison unjustly what not happens oppression so that too is a major challenge So some people are, Allah Ta'ala protect us from all these challenges. Some people are in the challenge of the aspect of poverty, starvation. And there are millions, there are billions of people in this condition. Allah Ta'ala has saved us from that. There are people in the condition of oppression, being oppressed, state oppression. So that too is a very serious situation. And like that, there are many, many other challenges that people face. The challenge that we face generally is the challenge of temptation. And now compared to these other challenges, the common factor in all this is that a person who has sabar, then that person will overcome the challenge. Or the person is in starvation, in poverty. So now whatever Shariat is allowed, that is fine. But despite that condition, that person will not overstep the mark and do anything that is haram. What will enable him to stay within the limits? Only one thing. sabr. The person who has this quality of sabr, he won't eat haram, he won't do something haram. He won't steal somebody's wealth because now he's fi- starving. So now he decides to go and steal somebody's wealth. A person with suffer won't do that. He will remain steadfast. But now there is a challenge there. There is pain. There is the pangs of hunger. We generally don't know what the pangs of hunger are. Sometimes while fasting, a person feels hungry, towards the end of the day, we think, okay, this is what probably is meant by the pangs of hunger. And sometimes somebody really went through something, but really what the sahaba went through, what the pious people of the Ummat went through, we can't understand it. Hazrat Hadim Dadullah, Muhajir Makki, Rahmatullahi was a very great personality. So when he migrated to Makkah, Mukarrama. For nine days on end, he didn't manage to gain anything to eat. He was trying, but nothing available. Nobody was prepared to help him in any way. He had nothing. He couldn't buy anything because he had nothing. And nobody wanted to help him in any way. For nine days, he survived only on drinking Zamzam. And some kajur which somebody maybe would come and put down, he would eat some of that khajur, that to hardly anything. And for nine days. Now what pangs of hunger he might have experienced. But then we go further up, way up to the sahaba Ikram. They had to tie stones to their bellies. So the pain was there. It wasn't something that it was just well no no difficulty felt, no pain felt. The pain was there. But the Sabar enabled them to stay well within the limits. So Sabar. A person is in some other challenge, some other difficulty but he stays within the limits, what is going to make it possible? Sabar. And the person who doesn't have Sabar, he cannot stay within the limits. He will overstep the mark. Now the same thing applies in the challenge of temptations. That to the extent that a person's Sabar has been built up. So now it doesn't mean that if a person has decided I am not going to get caught up in temptations, then it's like we switched on button-off and therefore I won't experience any temptation, I won't experience any pain within. Like that person suffering hunger, he feels pain, but he doesn't steal, he doesn't eat anything haram, he does what is within the limits of deen only. So likewise, that temptation will cause some pain, because the nafs wants to do it, and you are holding it back. Now there is a tug of war, so now that nafs is getting pulled, but it's within you. So you are feeling the pain of that. Because you're holding back. But the person who has sabr, just as that starving person made sabr, he'll make sabr on the temptation. So he'll feel pain. He'll feel some kind of uh, loneliness sometimes. He'll feel maybe that I am now losing out. Whatever other feelings might go through him, but he is going to make sabr on it. Now, if somebody is starving, somebody is under the yoke of oppression, and the person is making sabr. so we all regard it as a very, very great and noble act of the person, that the person is making sabr and we regard this person to be a very great buzrug, somebody who is a very pious person, that mashallah, despite this challenge, the person didn't give in to any haram, to anything impermissible. And indeed, so, this is a very great thing. But even greater than that is the person who stamped out that desire that was taking on to haram, the person who suppressed that temptation that was taking on to haram, that person is even greater. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, La Yukminu Ahadukum Hatta Yakuna Hawahutaba Anlimaji to be that none of you is a believer until he makes his desires subservient to that which I have brought. What has Nabi Slava brought? He has brought the Quran and Sunnah. So they are being told, till he doesn't make his desires subservient to the Quran and Sunnah, then until then, he is not a mu'min. Now that's how strong it is. So now meaning he's got various desires going through his heart and mind. Some desires might be fine. Somebody got the desire to eat something that is halal. Now there's something, some delicacy, some dessert, something, whatever some food. So no harm in that. Allah Ta'ala has made it halal. So the person halal food, the person wants to eat, not overeating, eating to one's need. Alhamdulillah, enjoy it. Allah Ta'ala has made it permissible to enjoy it. Allah Ta'ala has made these ni'mats for his bandas to enjoy. So it has come in a halal way, that food is halal, there is no problem with it. Bismillah, enjoy it. No harm in that halal desire. But sometimes there are desires that are against the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Now when this desire comes of something that is haram, that is against the command of Allah Ta'ala, now a person is suppressing that desire from within. The desire is to get onto that, some social media or some other app, or onto the whatever, onto the net, and to start looking at something that is, Impermissible to start chatting to somebody that is haram, and now there's a tug of war from within, and the person is saying, "I'm not going to give in. I'm going to suppress this." Now, Nabi Sallam is saying, "Until this person doesn't do this, he makes that desire subservient to that which Nabi Sallam has brought." What Nabi Salaam brought, the Quran and Sunnah. What the Quran and Sunnah say to us, "O Say to the believing woman also that they must lower their gaze. Now this desire came to look at something that is haram To look at some naam haram But now the person Made the desire subservient To this command of Allah Ta'ala That they lowered the gaze That they didn't look at the haram Now this person is being given The title of mu'min By Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Otherwise without this It was that you do not You are not a mu'min Now the muhaddisin will explain to us that this does not mean that the Iman was negated. What it means is, it is so serious in the sight of Rasulullah that he is so to say, disowning the person. Allah is saying, this is not my banda anymore. But this doesn't mean that in reality, the person's Iman is gone. But the severity of it becomes apparent in this way. So, that desire came, but the person suppressed it, that is what is meant by making it subservient to the command of Allah Ta'ala. And putting it under the command of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam have commanded, don't do this, I am desiring to do it, but I won't do it. This is now the suppression of that desire. This person, he is being his mujahada, his sabr, his sacrifice, is being endorsed as part of Iman. This is an endorsement. And a person who stayed hungry or made sabr on hunger, that is not necessarily an endorsement of Iman. It could be and not necessarily. The person who's making sabr on oppression is not necessarily an endorsement of Iman. It could be and it could not be too. It could be from some ulterior motive, something else. So every other challenge that a person undertakes, generally, it is not a guarantee of Iman. It is not something that endorses Iman. That this person undertook this challenge, did not get overcome by it. So now therefore this is an endorsement of Iman. But suppressing one desires to make it conform to the Quran and Sunnah, that is an endorsement of Iman. So now what is greater? Which sacrifice is greater? Which mujahada is greater, whose sabr is greater, and who, the person whose mujahada is greater, whose sabr is greater, that person will be closer to Allah Taala also. So now this person who is making this mujahada against the desires, this person is getting the sweetness of iman. Like in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, says that Allah Taala says, this haram glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. The one who forsakes this haram glance out of my fear, I will bless the person with the sweetness of iman, which he'll find in his heart. He'll taste the sweetness. He'll experience it. So now this is the greatest mujahada. This is the greatest sabr And this is the greatest reward. Revo- the greatest reward will come on this. So this is what we have to be making an effort on to now learn how to suppress these desires, because this is going to take us at high speed towards Allah these temptations to learn how to suppress it, so there is going to be some battle inside but the person who wins this battle this is beyond all the other issues now especially in this time of the year that we are coming close to we have a month before we come to the so called time of the year, which they call the silly season. And silly people can't look after their emotions. Silly people, they can't suppress haram desires. That's why they call it silly season, because it means now people take leave from their intelligence. They leave their intelligence somewhere else, and they go around like, without any mind, without any thinking, do what you want, wherever it is, and doesn't matter what harm you're bringing upon yourself, what disgrace you're going to bring to yourself, what harm you're going to do to your family, what kind of difficulties and calamities you're going to cause for yourself and for others around you, nothing. How you destroying your future life by getting caught up into all this filth and evil, by getting addicted to this WhatsApp, and getting addicted to all the other social media, and getting addicted to being on the phone all the time, What this is doing for you, how it's harming you, and how it's going to destroy or seriously affect your future life. You're going to get married, and then now you're going to have to fulfill your responsibilities, but you're going to still be so caught up on this, you can't fulfill your responsibilities. You can't do what is necessary for you to do. You're going to be neglecting your duties. Now, all that doesn't happen one day's time. It's built up over time. But now one thing leads to another, the person couldn't stop that desire of one thing, now the other, then the third, and now this carries on. And as a result, there are major dramas. As a result, there are major problems thereafter. But at that time, Shaitan loves the person to think, no no, you just carry on now. So the person who has taken leave of the intelligence, that person can't think ahead. What am I doing? Where am I heading to? That's why I suppose they call it the silly season. Because they they just forget about all the consequences. Don't think anything about what is going to be the outcome of all this. Now just have fun. Just enjoy yourself. Enjoy how? Doesn't matter. Even you harming yourself, harming others, destroying your future. Just have fun. Now that is not the way that an intelligent person thinks. That is a way of a silly person. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with Iman. And Iman... A mu'min has to be very intelligent. The mu'min, his iman makes him intelligent. Unless that iman has been weakened so much, that that intelligence got now clouded also. Sins, sins cloud the intelligence of a person. The person can't think then. Then the person starts acting like a jahil. Like in the Qur'an Sharif, Allah Ta'ala brings this to our attention. When Musa salaam said to the Bani Israel, that... You must slaughter a cow they had to or they were trying to find out who is the person responsible for a murder that had taken place, who is the murderer so they came to Musa so Musa asked Allah, Allah Allah sent wahi, tell them to slaughter a cow so now when they were told that, what their response was, huzua. are you mocking us we asking you who is the murderer you are telling us the slaughter of cow. Where is the link between this? We can't see any link in this. When they responded in this manner by saying, are you mocking us? Musa al-Salaam's response was, qala أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مَا أَكُونَ Jahileen That I seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala from being among the jahileen. That you are saying, am I mocking you? This is only somebody who is a jahil does something like this person who has any bit of knowledge doesn't ever mock anyone else so you are making an accusation against me that I am mocking that is somebody who is jahil who does that and in other words what he meant to say Alhamdulillah Allah has saved me from that I am not a jahil so jahil a person who is totally ignorant such a person will mock others mock them for their sometimes somebody's maybe intelligence is not like what we think we are Whereas we must not ever be proud over anything because that is the start of a person's downfall. And then the pride, Allah forbid, can drop a person so hard that it will become difficult to wake up. So we should never ever be proud over anything. But sometimes a person gets mocked because of now they can't probably memorize things as well as we can or can't understand some concept as quickly and easily as we can. So now we start looking at down upon the person and we start thinking of ourselves as better and that is when the person starts mocking people because he feels himself to be superior he thinks others are inferior mock somebody because of their nationality because of their color because of their language because of their social standing because of perhaps their financial position somebody can't afford something now we make it a point of mockery That now, you can't afford this. Now, this is a very serious crime. And we should never ever allow this to happen. And we should always remember this ayat. That if we are getting involved in this, then we should be able to write it down for ourselves. We don't need anybody else to tell us. We can tell ourselves that we are jahil. What we just did was as a result of jahalat. The Quran Sharif has said that this is something that jahilin do. People who have ilm, they don't do such things. So, what we are discussing was that these temptations, to suppress these temptations, this is something that we need to have, that intelligence of iman. Because sins cloud up that intelligence, so we have to stay away from sin. Now, temptations leads to sin. Now, when a person gets into that sin, that further clouds his mind. Now he can't think that that to a greater extent. So this becomes like a cycle. So now we need to stay far away from that. Now the issue is, what is the prescription that will save a person from these temptations? So as we understood from this discussion thus far, that when we talk about saving oneself from from the temptations, this does not mean in any way that they will not be a challenge. Like for example, we talk about that how can we save a child from hurting himself with a knife? So We say, well, keep all the knives out of reach, completely out of reach. He can't see any knife, he can't reach it. So now when that is completely out of reach, he can't see it, he can't reach it, so he automatically gets saved from it. And then that's the end of it now, he can't reach the knife, so he can't harm himself. So temptation is not something like that. We can take it and put it away, lock it up in someone's vault somewhere, or take it and go throw it out of the house somewhere in the dump. No, there is no such thing that we can do that we can go and throw it in the dump somewhere and say, well, I threw it away in the dump and came away you now. Like a person had some other haram in his life, his phone was taking him to his haram, so he took it and smashed it. So he said, well, it's smashed now, so I can't use this phone anymore. Though it's possible to get another phone, but now this is smashed now, it's over. So I can't get the, I can't use this phone for any haram. Now, there is no such thing with temptations that we can go and throw it in the dump. Or we just take the temptation out of us and smash it on the ground so it's gone now. That nafs is with us. And that nafs will get tempted. So now the issue is that how to keep the temptation under control and how to build up that resistance. That is the main thing how to build up the resistance against the temptations. So now there is one army, we can understand it like one army of temptations that all the time are trying to attack us. So now we are building up this defense, this defense system that can repel this army of temptations. That's it all what is meant by suppressing these desires overcoming them, in reality it is to build up this resistance power, because the temptation will carry on but when a person keeps making the mujahada against it, then a time comes that the temptation keeps getting weaker and weaker and weaker until that nafs now finally in time eventually it becomes totally conformant now it doesn't incite towards evil anymore so that is the whole idea—that to keep suppressing the snuffs to the point that it gets completely submissive, and now it stops tempting a person towards evil. But that is after a period of time that'll happen. But initially, the person's temptations will be there, and he's going to make suber on it. He's going to remain steadfast, and he will talk to Allah at that time, Ya Allah, out of for Your pleasure, and to be a true servant of Yours. I am suppressing this. Ya Allah, you assist me. And you give me the sweetness of Iman. You give me your closeness, your qurb. So in this way, he will keep progressing. So the temptations would be there, but the issue is how to resist them, how to suppress them. So to come to the prescriptions of the Quran Sharif, that what is the Quran Sharif prescribed for us that will help us to build up this resistance and to be able to suppress these temptations so to understand the prescription of the Quran Sharif first just to understand something else that anything has to be done in the correct way to achieve the full benefit of it a person goes to the doctor he is not well So the doctor prescribes something. The prescription says you must take this medication three times a day and in this quantity. So now it is some mixture. For example, the person has to take that mixture. So now he has to take one tablespoonful with some tablet. So he has to take three tablets a day, whatever his problem might have been. So I say take three tablets a day. Three times a day, three tablets. So now the person came with the prescription. So he says, well, three tablets a day, I think I'll take quarter a day. And just three times a day, I think I'll take that quarter once a day. Now somebody asks him, are you taking your tablets? He says, yeah, I'm taking my tablet. But is he following the procedure? He's supposed to be taking thrice a day, he's doing once a day. He's supposed to be taking three tablets a day, he's taking quarter a day, half a day. He's taking something. But what he is taking is not sufficient to strengthen him to overcome that illness that he is suffering from. So that in order to get that complete benefit, he's going to have to take it in the quantity that is required and in the number of times that is necessary. Then when he follows that procedure correctly, inshallah with the fuzzle of Allah Ta'ala, there is hope that, he will come right, his illness will go, Allah tell us will, then inshallah it will happen. But now if he is doing his own thing, then in doing his own thing, that's now a very difficult one. Then he is going to have to blame himself if nothing happens. So likewise, these prescriptions for our spiritual wellness, one is now, he said, no we are doing it, but how are we doing it? Are we doing it in the manner that it is meant to be done? are we doing it as many times as as it's supposed to be done? If that's not the case, like the person now supposed to be taking three tablets three times a day, he's taking quarter tablets once a day. So what the outcome of that is obvious, there will be benefit in that, but that benefit is not going to strengthen him to the point that he can overcome the disease. So now these temptations also are a disease. Now somebody will get tempted towards going to some place that is now not in conformance to Shariat's Somebody will be some fair and some bazaar and some souk and this and that and the other. Somebody will get tempted to go and look at this and look at that. Somebody will be tempted towards dressing in a wrong manner, in an inappropriate way, in a way that is not conducive to deen in any way, to haya, to respect and honor of deen, to respect and honor of others. It's completely gone towards the Yehud and Nasara. Now that's the temptation now too. To dress in that manner. So and so is doing it, and so and so is also wearing like that, and that girl is so and so's daughter, but she's also wearing like that, and that girl goes to that madrasa, but she's also dressing like that, and that person is so and so, but she's dressing like that. All these excuses shaitan will keep putting in the mind. Why? To distract a person and make it sound like if everybody else is doing it, and so and so is doing it, and so and so is doing it, so what's the problem with me? What's wrong if I also wear like that? Everybody is wearing jeans, so if I wear it, so what's the problem? And then gone worse than the jeans is now all the other more tight-fitting garments, which are purely shaitani garments. They called it by whatever names you want to call it, but that's the bottom line of it is shaitani garments. And shaitan's first thing that he did, first mischief that he created in the heavens, that he got Hazrat Adam and Hawa got them to forget about what Allah Ta'ala had mentioned and made them fall into the error and mistake of eating from the tree that they were told not to eat from. They didn't do something deliberately, it happened. Allah Ta'ala mentions that in the Quran Sharif, "Walam Azma." At that instant they forgot about it and they, there was no determined intention to do the wrong. It was just something total in forgetfulness. But as a result what happened, Allah Tala says, that Shaitan's objective was, يَنْزِعُ so atihima That they were clothed in the garments of Jannah, so Shaitan's objective was to now get these garments removed. As a result of this, having eaten out of this fruit, that's what happened. And they had to quickly start taking the leaves of Jannah to cover themselves. So this is the first uh, attack of shaitan to attack the person in a way that shaitan makes the person lose his clothing. Lose her clothing. Uh, in Jannah, our forefathers, our parents, Adam and Salam, they instantly covered up again. But now we are succumbing to the attack of shaitan. That was something beyond their Uh, choice they couldn't keep those garments of Jannah because that garments of Jannah disappeared as a result of eating that food so that was something that they had no control over but what they had control over they immediately covered up we have full control over our situation but because of the attack of Shaitan the extent of uncovering is all the time on the increase either by wearing such tight footing clothing that it reveals the shape of the body which is shameless, it's immoral. Or it is even not even adequately covering because it's now exposing more and more, the V-neck gets even longer and the sleeves get shorter and what not. Ha- else happens? Or that the, cl- ca- the fabric is becoming more transparent? All this is shaitaniyat. This is all from the whispers of Shaitan. And there is a tsunami that is flowing out there, which is now driving things all in that direction. So we digressed again from the point that we are talking about, the Shaitan's temptation, sometimes the temptation to do this wrong, to do that wrong, to dress in an incorrect way. Shaitan puts a temptation and nafs, now incites the person towards going to some haram place or to going to a place that is not conducive for one's iman, etc., so now at that time, a person has to have the ruhani strength to be able to suppress that desire. That desire, that temptation will come. But does the person have the strength to suppress it? Now what is going to give that ruhani strength? That is the aspect that we need to discuss. What we need to understand. So inshallah we will continue with this discussion next week to try and understand how to develop this ruhani strength because it is a matter of like the physical strength there is an illness and to the extent that the body is strong enough the immune system is strengthened and the physical strength is there to that extent the person will be able to ward off the disease that physical disease the body will work against it one person got sick there was some, some bug that got him and in a couple of days he was bedridden young person was like bedridden that it took a long time to recover recover from it so now the question came that how he got so badly knocked out so he said "No, he was already from beforehand such a weak person, very thin very weak now when this bug hit him there was no reserves in the body and there was no, the defense system of the body was so weak that it just hit him one hit down he got bedridden; he couldn't even walk and then slowly, so much of effort had to be made, so much of medication, so much of healthy food, and physiotherapy and whatnot had to be done. Gradually, the person started moving again. So, why did he get so heavily affected? According to their analysis, was that he was already so weak, so he just got hit down on it. So, likewise, when a person's ruhaniyat is already weakened, now one bug, one bug of shaitaniyat of masiyat of sin comes and flaws the person so the first thing is to develop and build this ruhaniyat when this ruhaniyat is built sometimes insan is insan he may get affected by something nafs and shaitan may get the better of him in a weak moment but because of the health being generally good, because of the defenses being strong enough in a very quick time, the person will overcome that. Sometimes it will be within seconds, the person slipped for a moment, and suddenly within seconds, something jolts a person, what am I doing? Where am I going? And the person comes back on track, makes toba, istighfar, there is a terrible guilt from within, that how could I even just let my eyes slip for this one second? So, insan is insan, that can happen, but this strength will immediately bring the person back on track. Or otherwise it might take maybe A little longer One hour maybe But suddenly it will hit the person Why? Because that strength of Iman is still there But otherwise That one hour, one day, one week One month will go past also And nothing will cross the mind also That what am I doing? Where am I going? This is because that Iman is like almost paralyzed So this is the issue of how to develop this Iman Develop this strength from within This Rohaniyat so that we remain firm and steadfast and we are able to overcome with the fazl of Allah Ta'ala and with His grace and mercy, overcome the challenges, the temptations, the haram desires, and we can suppress it. Inshallah, we will continue with this discussion next week on the ilaj and the prescriptions that we have been given in the Qur'an Sharif. Allah Ta'ala, give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'awana Alhamdulillah. rabbil alameen. اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزال الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا هبلنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فخفلنا لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتبفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسولك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان وحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان اللهم إننا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه الْمَعِينَ والحمد لله رب العالمين